Welcome to Put a Word on It, a podcast presented by Men of Valor. In each episode, we're going to talk with a different man, but each one with a unique journey from brokenness to freedom. I'm your host, Rudy Kalis. I spent over 40 years as a TV sportscaster, then retired and joined the Men of Valor program as a volunteer. So join the conversation, reconciling men to God, their families, and society. Welcome to another edition of Put a Word on It, brought to you by Sage Spring Wealth Partners. We thank them so much for their kind support. We've got a new chairman of the board here at Men of Valor. Jeff Dobines is now the man who is the chairman of the board. And uh, you've got to get the right guy to be able to do that. And my goodness, in the time I've been around Jeff, he is a man that just gets things done. Has a powerful heart. He's a joy to be around. He's full of life. He's the right man to lead us. I want you to meet him. You know, everything I've seen about you is that you get things done. It just that's just you need something finished, you need something accomplished. You call Jeff. Have you always had that in you? Has that always been a part of you? I don't think so. You know, I grew up in a small town, the youngest of three boys, and uh, my dad was an attorney and a judge. But we worked uh, on the weekends really hard. And uh, what, what would you do? Tell build me about fence, what? tear the fence down, move it ten yards back, and build it again. Build barns, uh, dig holes. Uh, but my dad just liked for us to do farm work, so we had horses, cattle, and we worked. Um, but my nickname as a kid was Shoe because they said I was loafing around. I was a loafer and I was a shoe. And you know, I was only eight, so I'm carrying plywood and drywall and two by fours and uh, putting in fence. But uh, that was maybe my motivator to say, you know what, I'm not going to be a loafer. I'm not going to be a shoe. Um, so 40 years later, I still have to deal with counseling with the fact that I was labeled a uh, a loafer, but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm motivated to try to get things. Well, now you're a penny loafer. I'm a penny <laughs> At least a little classy, right? A little classy. How small a town are you talking about? Uh, it was about uh, 12,000. So it's about two hours from a city in Southern Ohio. So All right. Everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody. Did you play sports? Yeah. Uh, we all played sports. I ultimately I wrestled and uh, that was kind of my main focus. So, so I'm 247 pounds of raw twisted steel now, but I was 152 pounds my senior year in high Lean school. Lean and mean. Yeah. You know, some of us grew up with, uh, I was the kind of guy who, uh, if a guy was a big star on the team or something, I've kind of followed him around and kids hanging around each other. What kind of friends did you have? You know, when you're in a small town like that, there's always, there's not a whole lot of kind of just pure, good, wholesome kids. It seemed like everybody I knew was kind of on the fringes. Uh, my wife's from like perfect suburban Alabama town, and she's just amazed at when I hear the stories and talk about all the kids we grew up with. There's, uh, It's tough. Small towns are hard, in my opinion, to figure out. Uh, how to do the right things and how to do it well and how to lead. It's uh, there's a lot of poverty, a lot of uh, single mom families, and it's a hard seemed to be a hard place to grow up. Any pranksters? Were you what kind of a kid were you when mom and dad were not looking? Uh, we used to catch five gallon buckets of bluegill and then go dump them in uh, the cars of our teachers or put them <laughs> in the house. And so, uh, you know, my dad was kind of the the man in town with the law enforcement too, so he would always. Uh, hear wind of it and uh, come home and ask us, uh, do you have something to tell me? And uh, that was a horrible question. Because he, he knew the answer. He knew the answer. You didn't always know exactly what he knew the answer to. Uh, so you didn't want to mislead him and you didn't want to answer it, but uh, you sure didn't like to confess. And so that was a tough, that's a tough question. I, I haven't uh, been able to forget that. But you also told me there were other guys who took the wrong, you know, we all have choices in life. And some kids, some of the guys took the wrong choices, didn't they? Yeah. Unfortunately, I can think of a dozen kids or more of my buddies, good friends that I used to spend the night with that we grew up with that 
have been in prison, many of them for 30 years uh, for murder, burglary, got the whole gamut of kids that uh, just seemed like they uh, they could not quite get on the right path or didn't have people around them that could really guide them. Well, you wonder about that because you, here they are, your friends. You all are hanging out together. What makes them make that choice and something side of you says, I can't? Is it strictly the parents that you had? I think that's a lot of it. You know, we just had a lot of uh, outside forces of parents that were working us when we didn't want to or guiding us or uh, they weren't obviously perfect, but I think we were we were cert- certainly fortunate to have family around that was kind of saying, you messed up, but here's the right path. And, and they may not you. have had that. There's a lot of the guys that I deal with in prison who have just difficult, difficult childhoods and abuse or neglect and things, and it just becomes a part of them, so they rebel. Some of your guys that maybe? Yeah, and I think, you know, thank God I'm not in the same position they were in because, you know, it's hard to not rebel. It's hard to stay on the right track. And so um, yeah, I think there's a great country song now by Eric Church where he just talks about uh, he was one step away from having totally different uh, experience in life and how grateful we really need to be every day that we're on the right track. I do think that now from hearing it from you that that's a part of it's always going to be a part of your thought and your history. And it, could that have been any little part of your interest in Men of Valor in getting part of this program? You know, I could still remember like it was yesterday. My dad took my two brothers and I, we must have been out of school for a day, and he was a prosecutor in Columbus. So he took us with them to work. And then uh, on lunch break, we went into the courthouse, and then he took us over to the jail. And I uh, I still am claustrophobic thinking about when that jail cell slammed. slammed. And my two brothers and I are standing there, and all you can see out is the little bars and the the little meal trail, uh, meal uh Sliding yeah, thing, the pie hole, pie hole, yeah. Whoo, that was tough. Um, and so I think about, man, if I do this or that, uh, I don't want to be back there. And so I think my dad was pretty intentional about having this experience, what that would be like as a 12, 13, 14 year old kid. See, again, that's part of your mind. What made you want to get involved with Men of Valor? You know, I've always been for the underdog. I think that's part of my spirit. I'm fascinated by uh, the opportunity I've had. And then a lot of guys I know didn't have the same cards dealt and it wasn't their fault. Uh, it was uh, just by the grace of God, I've had opportunity and a lot of them haven't. And so uh, there's a lot of guys like me that know how fortunate we are that are out here every day, having a life, having a family, having uh, a, a lot of fun vacations, doing these things. And we realized, man, we could have been on a completely different path. We could have been locked up for my whole adulthood. We have both been in death row for some of one of our Bible studies has brought some music in. And I look over and I look at you and now from our conversation, yeah. your mind is racing, isn't it? Yeah. Got a lot of friends that have been in prison a long time, uh, either from high school or guys I've worked with through Men of Valor. Um, and I'm just so proud. I hear these stories from Tevin and from others about the success that these Men of Valor graduates are having. It's unbelievable how successful and talented a lot of these guys are, uh, particularly when you think about how hard of a grown, grown up they've had. So I'm just so impressed, so mesmerized by the fact that you can have people that grew up in tough environments, been in jail a long time, and now just having such amazing success, having incredible impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I'm truly amazed and I just want to try to be somebody to encourage uh, and watch what they're doing. How do you feel about being named uh, chairman of the board? Uh, I'm excited. You know, I think about, I've been involved in a lot of ministries like you have and a lot of nonprofits. Uh, this is a tough business. Men of Valor is in the trenches, which I've always respected, admired. Um, they're not sitting in some office tower trying to, you know, 
theorize about how to do it. They've got their sleeves rolled up. They're in the prisons every day and they're in the houses with these guys. Um, so I'm not familiar with any ministry that is in the trenches making an impact like Men of Valor. And on the outside, we've got a board, we've got supporters, we've got 1,500 people that come to our breakfast every year, business leaders. It's unbelievable how many people in the community are behind what Men of Valor's mission has been for 25 plus years and doing everything they can do to try to help fix a system, to try to help encourage these men, to try to help reconcile their families. Uh, it's an awesome thing that we have here in Nashville uh, and now throughout Tennessee. And so I'm just honored to be a part of it and just to watch it grow. What do you feel your sp- responsibility is? Uh, number one, kind of like running our company. And we've been had a great company for the last 20 plus years. I say my number one job is not to screw it up. Not very encouraging, <laughs> but uh, just to be sure that we stay on mission um, that we keep Christ first. You know, a lot of programs out there don't have Christ first and, uh, and men of ours different because we really believe that you only can have transformation through Christ and he can do amazing things if we just embrace and run to him. And so, um, I'm super excited about where this can be in the next few years and what the impact that we're doing, but really the guys that are in jail right now that don't have hope, don't have a support system, don't have a driver's license, don't have any money in the bank, don't have a job and they're getting out and that has to be terrifying. And so as a community, it seems to me like we've got to do everything we can to be sure that those guys have a high probability of success. And so men of hours in the trenches every day, helping them find a place to live, helping them get reconciled with their family, helping them get jobs, helping them get their driver's license, helping them get an apartment, helping them get job training, helping them get back to school. And that's uh, it's really a neat thing. We always talk about the idea that these men will get out and they will be your neighbor. What kind of a neighbor do you want? And the possibility of that man being a man of faith is pretty important, isn't it? Amen. Uh, you know, I've had the privilege of being in the jails a lot. Uh, and then I see these guys get out and I see them walking down Harding Pike with their little white mesh bag over their shoulders and their orange loafers on. And it's like, man, what if, if we don't have a system where they're in Men of Valor and they're getting in this program, the probability of that guy coming back, back. And, and into prison is like, it's, it's obvious he's not on the right path. It's not going to work. Um, so I think as citizens, as a community, we got to figure out how to uh, try to change that outcome. And Men of Valor has been doing that. You know, our recidivism rate is less than 15%. That's remarkable Yeah. when you consider that 70% is a national average. You know, I uh, mentioned my dad was a, an attorney and judge, and he actually was really kind of uh, uh, not super impressed with men of valor, my desire to get involved with prison ministry when I first started 20 years ago, because he had been so cynical. He had seen these guys just repeat and repeat and repeat. We had a family friend that my dad worked with forever that had 15, 16 DUIs. Uh, so that was just, my dad had kind of grown cynical to people could change. And as he learned what was happening in men of valor, the impact, it was really neat. He's now bought Carl's book and all the, all the defense attorneys, all the prosecutors, all the judges, all the police officers in our little town. It's kind of like, if we keep doing what we're going to, what we've been doing, we're going to keep getting what we've got, and we don't want that result for our family, for our community, for uh, our citizens. So we've got to do something differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just grateful to be honest with you. Men of Valor's got this infrastructure, has these people, has this leadership, has the support staffs, has volunteers like you that are out there making an impact. So I just want to do everything I can do to well, spread you, the awareness. You know, our program is called "Put a Word on It." Have you got one for me? You know, my word today is run. I've been really thinking about uh, our pastor at church often says, uh, 
run, don't walk uh, to the table of Jesus. And so that's what we're really trying to do this year as a family and individually is just really try to run to God. It's kind of like, I don't want to be, you know, coaches love that kid that hustles, that uh, utilitarian player may not be the most talented, may not be the biggest, uh, may not be the fastest, but he hustles and runs. And I think, you know, what I'm really wanting to do this year is just run to God. That makes me think of Isaiah 40. They show run and not be weary. It's Amen. part of God's word. Yeah. That's a wonderful. You're the right man in the right place at the right time, my friend. Thank you. Rudy, thanks for what all you're doing to make an impact. Uh, you're, you're a perfect role model for all these guys that have been in business for 40 years, getting prepared to do what God's got them to do their second half. So I thank you for what you're doing four days a week to go into the prison, plus all this other stuff. So thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed meeting Jeff. He's just a good man to be around. And I think the word run is perfect for him because he does everything on the run. He gets things done. And that's what we need here. It's a real blessing from God to have him as the chairman of the board. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next time as we put a word on it. You've been listening to Put a Word on It. We would love for you to subscribe wherever you download fine podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Put a Word on It is brought to you by Men of Valor. To learn more, go to movministry.com.